0: So good to have you in church today. We uh, watched with uh, somewhat uh, smirking smiles watching the East Coast get pounded with snow. (laughs) uh, I I tell you, they were supposed to get like 18 inches of snow, I think, is what the report was. And and, uh, I thought, you know, I don't know the last time we got 18 inches of snow all in one blast. That would would probably be a little overwhelming, but... uh, But anyways, it's kind of fun to watch somebody else share the joy, right, of winter. And, (laughs) you know, well, open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Just uh, have another uh, message I want to share on the church that, that I dream of being a part of. You know, you have dreams, And, uh, you know, things that you want to see happen, things that you want, and things that, you know, you want to be part of your life. You know, we just kind of dream about those things. Well, Jesus also has a dream that uh, you and I would become the church that he dreams of, that he talked about right here in this passage that Then we're going to read uh, two verses in Ephesians chapter 4 and verses 15 and 16. This is the blueprint. This is Jesus' dream of what he wants us to become. So let's read those two verses. But speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which Every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. Now that can just be rhetoric, you know, that can just be something we read and, and kind of move on from, or this can be what it's intended to be, is absolutely informative to us and to what the church is supposed to, to look like and feel like and to be, you know, th- this is the church that Jesus dreams of, what we just read here. You know, a snapshot of what that looks like is, you know, every part of us joined and knit together and what every part of the body supplies, causing growth in the body to edifying or building itself up in love. You know, I think we all deeply desire to be part of a church like that. And we have to ask ourselves, okay, with if it's every part providing what the body needs to build itself up. What is my part? What is my role? You know, we go on here. And this is echoed in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verses 18 and 19. Paul was writing the church in Colossae. He says, Let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshy mind, and not holding fast to the head from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. So Paul is, is again, sharing this same thought with the uh, Colossian church. Again, we see that same picture that everything is joined and knit together and uh, by joints and ligaments. Now, uh, I'm not a medical person, so I thought, you know what? I've heard of ligaments, but I really couldn't tell anybody what a ligament is. Anybody? Well, you probably are much more medically informed than I am. So I'm not even going to ask that question. All right. Um, But I I looked it up. I looked it up. I thought, what is a ligament? And here's the definition. And and again, it's so brilliant, you know, that the scripture uh, is so informed uh, of what it means here. So a ligament, and this is uh, just a cut and paste right out of the dictionary, a ligament is a fibrous connective tissue that attaches bone to bone and usually serves to hold structures together and keep them stable. And that is a picture of the church, and that's a picture of our role, is that we are to connect one to another, and it causes stability in the church. That is, you know, what what God intends for us, and what Jesus dreams of us being as, as a body of believers. Every part does its share, it causes growth, and it builds itself up. That's the dream. That's the mission for the church. Now, I think, uh, you know, we, we understand a couple of visions that that Jesus gave us in the church. For every individual, for every Christian, every believer, our mission is the Great Commission. Go into all the world and, and preach the gospel and make disciples of every nation and baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's our mission as believers. When we come together, we also accomplish that mission. But we also have a mission to each other and to the church itself. And that's what we've been talking about here. Because when the, when the body is healthy, when the body is healthy, there is joy. There's, you know, just the ability to thrive. There is happiness. You know, it's like uh, we've been through a... Uh, a national time of of sickness, right? And if you've had the 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 Rona or the Kron or whatever, uh, you know what it's like to not feel healthy, right? and uh, that's not what we want and we don't want the church to look like that we don't want the church to feel like that we want the church to be strong and healthy and when you know you get through that and your body gets back to health man it's the way that we were intended to live and and the church is to be a picture of that the church is to be a picture of health and strength and vitality and thriving and building itself up that's the dream that's and how we work this out this blueprint For the church is our prerogative when in harmony with the scriptures. Just as a quick review from last Sunday, we talked about, you know, there are risks in doing this. And and, uh, reaching out to others, you know, and and there are things that we are sometimes reluctant to do. We're a little slow to do because there are risks involved. And, you know, our first relationship is what brings us together in the first place. You know, there's Jesus. Jesus should be at the center of everything that we do. And uh, that's the cause. You know, there is only one reason you and I are here today in the same room at the same time. There is only one reason, and that's Jesus, right? There is no other thing that would have brought you here today, everyone in this room, would have assembled here at this time other than Jesus, okay? You know, it's not that uh, we're all rooting for the same football team this afternoon, right? That did not bring us together because that's not true. We're not all rooting for the same team. You know, But if you think about it, what is unique to this time and this place, this moment, it's Jesus. And Jesus should be part, the center part of everything that we do here in the church. And that's our first relationship. The second relationship is, is people, it's you and I and our relationships with each other. You know, creating strong, stabilizing relationship is what makes the church the thing that we dream of. And, uh, you know, to to be part of a church that you're just excited uh, to be a part of. You know, you, you can't help but invite somebody to come with you. That's the church that I think Jesus wants us to be. That's the church I think that you want to be a part of. And we just have to ask ourselves, You know, what is my role in this? So creating strong, stabilizing uh, relationships as part of that joints and ligaments analogy that uh, Paul is using. It's what makes our church the place that we want to be and we want others to be there with us. But there's risk, there's risk in reaching out to others. And, uh, you know, sharing the joys and cares of each one is our commandment. And sometimes, you know, we're afraid of the rejection we can feel sometimes. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're not as strong as we think we are sometimes. You know, we're afraid of getting hurt and we avoid things that you know cause us to feel rejection or left out or excluded in some way. Um, so we we sometimes try to limit our exposure to those kinds of risks by just holding back, you know, letting letting someone else take the initiative of uh, you know making the first move or making you know the first uh, overage to to uh, meet or connect or or somehow engage each other. But Jesus gave us this commandment here Galatians 6 2 says this bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ now what is the law of Christ it is to love one another and we'll we'll take a look at that in in John 13 just a moment but bear one another's burdens how can we do that without risking something how can we do that without reaching out to each other in some way? You know, just, you know, we can attend a church for a long time and we see maybe a face we even recognize. We've seen it more than one time, but we don't know that person. And, you know, we sometimes feel a lack of motivation to, uh, to just go find out who they are. And uh, that's what Jesus is asking us to do, or not just asking, he's commanding us to do. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. John 13, verses 34 and 35 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Okay? Going back to Galatians 6.2, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. And, and Jesus here in John 13 is telling us what this commandment is, that we love one another. And how do we fulfill that? By bearing one another's burdens. So, new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Powerful verse for us. And again, part of that blueprint of what the church is supposed to look like and feel like and what our role is in that. We're looking for ways to, to uh, help one another, you know, we all have burdens and some of them, you know, are, are known only to us and we suffer alone sometimes with those burdens, but we are to kind of build an environment, a place where it is safe to share those things and uh, not just, you know, to talk too much, but that somebody can come alongside of us and help us. And it just encourages. You know, there's a lot of times that there's not much we can do on a hands-on way except just listen and, uh, and pray and encourage. And that's part of the body supplying everything that it needs that causes growth and causes the body to thrive. So how do we mitigate these risks? How do we, how do we deal with that kind of risk? Well, loving before we know. Uh, you know, person. You know, that's just an orientation to life. You know, instead of just being on the defense or, you know, not caring or just kind of staying behind a a wall of safety that, you know, we perceive for ourselves. It's it's a a mindset. It's a a life of loving others before we even know them. Hard to do sometimes. Hard to do. I'm not saying these things are easy all the time. But uh, that's the way Jesus... Uh, loves us. And that's part of the commandment that we read in John 13, that, you know, that we're to love one another as I have loved you. You know, Jesus loved us before we even knew him. Scripture is very clear about that. And uh, he came and died on the cross, shed his blood, gave his body up for you and I. Why? Because he loved you even before you knew him. And, and if that's not a mind-blowing kind of uh, Revelation to you. Just meditate on that for a while. So we mitigate risk by loving before we know. Number two was seeking to understand before we're understood. You know, one of the great pressing needs of our own, of our own uh, emotions is to be heard. You know, we we don't like to be overlooked. We don't like to be ignored. We don't like to to not uh, be able to share what's going on in us. And we all want to share that. But, but if we will seek first to understand others, and how do we understand others? By hearing them, by listening. And gives us that opportunity to fulfill the law of Christ, which is to love one another. And then there will be opportunity for us to share our own needs. So how do we mitigate the risk of, of rejection is seeking to understand before we're understood. And, uh, and the third is just to be there. You know, there's, a, there's an important aspect of consistency of just being there. And those things help us mitigate the risks of rejection or, you know, awkwardness and and those kinds of things. And uh, just understand that, you know, we all want, like I said, to win the lottery of relationships. Anytime we meet somebody, we just want it to click. We just want it to feel right, you know. And the truth of the matter is, it doesn't happen every single time. And uh, it just takes time. And just being there uh, consistently is part of what we can supply for the body to to edify itself you know the challenge is and always has been how do we accomplish this how do we how do we do this how do we create the church that we dream of what vehicles can we use to bring us together to fulfill the commandment that Jesus has given to one another you know How can we characterize you know the church as to being this place that is full of unconditional love and and how do we communicate that and how do we, how do we minister that to to one another well it 's no secret that the past couple of years uh, have wrecked some of the structures and the vehicles that we have used to bring us together to fulfill the commandment Jesus has given us to, to one another those those things don't exist in some cases. And uh, you know, how, do we, how do we rebuild this thing? How do we get back together in terms of relationships and, and doing things that encourage and build one another up you know, I, I think the past two years, not just in a church, but, you know, in a community and in our nation, you know, I think the, one of the evidences of this, is, you know, everybody talks about how divided we are as a nation and, and how much anger and resentment, and you, there's a variety of ways that's applied, but, you know, it has wrecked our sense of community. It's kind of wrecked our sense of unity and, you know, or maybe has just separated us and disengaged us from one another you know the vehicles that, that we've used in the past uh some of those uh, you might say have been totaled all right and what what happens when you total a vehicle well you just got to get a new vehicle right and uh, some some have been you know damaged but but maybe we can revamp them and and repair them in some way and and uh, maybe kind of in a in a new form or in a way that uh, you know will again serve us serve our needs you know there's the damaged sense of community. And I tell you, community is hard to create. If you've ever been in charge of creating community, you, you've, got a big, you've got a big challenge on your hands. And how do you get people to connect to one another in meaningful and genuine and, and authentic ways? It's a, it's a big task. And because uh, we all reserve the right, you know, to be uh, understood first instead of understanding others first and uh, and so there's there's those barriers for us to uh, overcome there's a story I don't know if you've ever read the the history of the Lewis and Clark expedition now I think we've all heard of Lewis and Clark and maybe you know what was that well in the early days of America we were on this continent called North America and uh, up until the Mississippi River, if you go from the East Coast to the Mississippi, that, that part of the continent was well understood, or at least we had a, a decent idea of what, what was there. Now westward from the Mississippi to the, what was unknown at that time, but the Pacific Coast, you know, that was a big unknown, you know, it's like uh, space or something like that. You know, it's like we, we just didn't know w- what's out there. And uh, so President Thomas Jefferson uh, commissioned uh, a exploration of the western part of the United States. And Lewis and Clark, uh, Meriwether Lewis and, and William Clark set out with a team with a, a bunch of uh, able-bodied persons to, uh, to find out what it's out there. And we had made the Louisiana Purchase, if you remember that. And uh, we wanted to go see what's what's this thing we just bought. And and so they did. And uh, one of the vehicles that they used uh, in uh, exploration, they started in the Mississippi River and they moved upstream, was a draft boat. And it carried all of their supplies really well. And it, you know, was able to carry their men and, and uh, you know, their food provisions and, and weapons and everything that they needed for this expedition was in that boat. And they had other smaller craft canoes and whatnot. And, and they moved upriver in, in the Mississippi and, and encountered other streams. And that, and that boat was, was the ticket to this whole exploration of the western part of North America until they encountered a little obstacle called the Rocky Mountains, okay? And that's the Continental Divide. If you've ever been on the Continental Divide, you know that, that uh, at the peak of the Continental Divide, if a snowflake falls on the eastern side of the Continental Divide, it melts eventually and goes clear to the East Coast or the Gulf. And if it falls on the west side of the Continental Divide, it flows into the Pacific. And, uh, and so here's this great barrier called the Rocky Mountains, standing before them. And guess what? The boat isn't going to work anymore, because they got to get across the Rocky Mountains. And there is no Mississippi River going over the top of the Rocky Mountains. So what did they have to do? They had to leave the boat behind, because it no longer worked for the mission. The mission was the same, okay? was to go explore until you get to where, you know, the, the Pacific Ocean is. And so the mission wasn't scratched. It's was like, oh, wow, we can't use the boat anymore, so I guess we're done. I guess we just go home. No, that wasn't the mission. Was, the mission wasn't to use the boat. That was a vehicle in which carried the mission. Now, at some point, that vehicle didn't work anymore, and it had to be... Set aside, and they figure out other ways to carry their provisions and supplies and all the things that they needed for the exploration while they crossed the Rocky Mountains. And I feel like, in some ways, that's the church, a picture of the church. You know, um, we've been served well by some of the vehicles that we've used you know, programs and things that we loved and, you know, we loved to see our children involved in or we enjoyed or, you know, things that caused growth for us and and then all of a sudden this big barrier that has, you know, (laughs) altered our life for the last couple of years, all of a sudden we have to find a new, we have to find new vehicles to overcome that. And it's not like the previous vehicles, it's not like they were bad or we didn't like them or we don't have good memories of those things. That's not, that's not the point at all. The point is, is that we have a barrier in front of us that the old vehicles won't serve us. And so we have to find other ways to accomplish the mission. The mission is not some of the programs that we've enjoyed or some of the things that we did. That's not the mission. Those were the vehicles that carried the mission. The mission is, is that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel, baptize, you know, make, make disciples and baptize them, um, but also to build the church up. And we may have to innovate, we may have to try new things uh, in order for us to be able to move on. You know, disasters and, and things that, you know, we, uh, we call problems. Um, the silver lining in every problem is that it presents to us an opportunity to do something new, because the old is Destroyed. It's, you know, if you have a fire or a flood, you know, there's, there's some things that you, you can't just status quo. It's like, okay, you know, we're going to live in this house that's charred on the inside or, you know, rotting and, and uh, damp on the inside because of flood. No, you got to do something with that. And as much of a piece of work that that is, uh, it does present an opportunity. And that is to build something new and to enjoy something that was maybe better than, than what we have. It's the excuse to do it. Here at New Life, I don't know if you were here long enough. or In November of 2019, I will remember November of 2019 for several reasons. Number one is because I got got the uh, coronavirus before it became popular. Uh, (laughs) And I was sick for weeks. I mean, I didn't know what I had, um, but I was sick for weeks. And uh, anyways, just try to trudge on through that. But we also experienced a flood inside our church. Uh, i don 't know if you remember that, but it flooded the entire foyer. We had two inches two inches of, of water standing. it came into the sanctuary, went down the hallway and and just wrecked a lot of stuff. We had to pull up our carpet and recarpet and uh, you know pull out some sheetrock and and uh, the bathrooms were a mess and uh, and all of that um, and It took a long time and it was a lot of, a lot of you know work but we we got to, it provided an opportunity to come back and and uh, improve things. And so, you know, we we're able to remodel the restrooms, you know, uh, we've got the wood wall out there. You know, while you're making a mess, you might as well just make all the mess you can make, right? And, uh, you know, redoing and upgrading and making it better, making it nicer, you know, making it more convenient, or whatever the case might be. And so, you know, this this whole disruption to our uh, whole way of life and even the way we've done church and all that it you know it's uh, maybe some things that we enjoyed about the past that uh, we can't do right now it gives us the opportunity to do something new and I know new things are not always the things that we enjoy right off the bat but you know what it does give us that church and you know the church that Jesus dreams of is always becoming we we mentioned that last Sunday we're always being perfected, you know, it's like being a Christian. It's not like, you know, you see a, a prayer of salvation and then that's it. You just stop at that point. You know, you get your membership card and, you know, that's all that's needed. No, we are continually being perfected. That's the work of the Holy Spirit within us is that he keeps helping us to be like Jesus. And, uh, and so we're always becoming, you know, it's like I'm a Christian, but I'm, I'm not the kind of Christian yet that, I should be, and, and that's in process. We're gonna be that that uh, Jesus has has uh, planned for us and and given us a, a future in. But I may not be that today. But tomorrow, I pray that I'm closer to that than I was today. And and that's the, the you know the church that Jesus dreams of. It's always becoming. It's always perfecting. It's always renewing. It's always improving and creating better. And we now have that opportunity. Jesus has handed us a great moment in our history to create what we dream of, what he dreams of, that we might have to find some new vehicles to carry our mission forward. But the mission remains the same. So this is how we summarize our mission here at Kenai New Life. And each individual church has the opportunity to customize the, the mission that God has given us, the same mission for every one of us, how we do that can vary. And, uh, and this is how we summarize the mission that Jesus has given us. We, are, we exist here in the mission that God has given us to help people discover God. That's, that's our number one mission. Everything, when we come together like this, it's, it's to help those who may have never met Jesus, who don't know, have a relationship with him, to meet him and you know a service or worship time or, or whatever function it is it helps us introduce people to God and, and you can see that on your bulletin our logo there is discover and that's what discover means we are here to help people discover God and then number two you can see the next word is connect and that's this part that we've been talking about the church that, that we dream of connect with others how do we do that? we don't come to church just to be strangers with each other uh, we want to connect in meaningful and authentic ways that satisfy our deep desire for that kind of relationship and connectivity. And then the third part of that, you can see there on your bulletin, serve. What, what does that mean? You know God has given us a purpose, not just inside the church, but outside the church as well. And How do we serve each other? How do we serve the world around us? And so that is what God is calling us to. And that's what we are going to pursue. And there may be some new vehicles needed to continue the mission that God has given us. And it may not look or feel like, you know, what we've been using up to this point, but God has given us, you know, ways to accomplish the same mission, maybe using different tools. And that's what I just believe is before us in 2022. I look forward to connecting in new ways with each other and helping people discover God and finding new ways to serve both in the body and outside the body. And, and that's what we believe God has called us to today. I want to ask you the question. What, what's your role in that? How could you maybe risk a little bit, maybe just a little bit outside your comfort zone, to help the body minister to itself? I think that's the call that Jesus has on us. And maybe there's a vehicle out there that does not yet exist, but can be created for us to do those very things. Would you bow your heads with me today as we kind of bring this to a close? Heavenly Father, Lord, it's unmistakable in your word. There is a church that you dream of. And Jesus, I pray that that same dream would be birthed in our own hearts. Lord, the kind of church that is responsive to needs, the kind of church that includes and doesn't exclude. The church that is loving and not rejecting. Church that is excited to help people discover who you are. Lord, a church that feels meaningful and authentic and welcoming. Lord, help us to be that kind of church. Lord, we see that that's what you intended in your word. You have given us the blueprint. You've given us the mission. Now help us, Lord, to live that out. But Lord, each one of us, and you're very clear about this, Lord, each one of us has a role in that. And it's not just to spectate or even to be a critic in the sidelines. But Lord, it's to be a part of that authentic, meaningful, beautiful vision that you have for us. And so Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would prompt us. And in some way, somehow, Lord, we'd find our place, we'd find our role. And Lord, if we have to create new vehicles for new challenges, then we'll do that. And we ask for your help in this, in Jesus' name, amen.